From APM, this is the American Radio Works podcast. I'm Stephen Smith. Here's a tip for students. If you want to memorize something, put your books down. Research shows that the traditional method of cramming for an exam by reading the same thing over and over again doesn't work. To truly learn, you've got to switch subject matter often, ask yourself questions about the material, and give yourself time to let the subject matter sink in. These are just a few tips covered by the book Make It Stick, The Science of Successful Learning by Peter Brown, Henry Rodiger, and Mark McDaniel. In 2014, American Radio Works producer and correspondent Samara Freemark interviewed Peter Brown for the documentary The Science of Smart. Here are some excerpts from that interview. (laughs) Well, you know, we rely on intuition, and our intuition is not doing us a good service when it comes to learning and memory. If you take the example of college students cramming, pulling an all-nighter, so they think they're on top of their their stuff, but come midterm, they're not. They've lost it. Or when we reread things over and over and we become very familiar with the text, our intuition is that that's a very effective way to study or to practice. You don't realize those gains are based in short-term memory and not long-term memory, and they don't stick. And so what, what should people be doing instead? Let's say a college student is in a history class and is trying to memorize um, dates. What does that look like for how they should study? Okay, so we tried to consolidate in this book what broad scope of research has found in terms of the techniques that are most effective for learning and retention of the learning. Well, it turns out that retrieving from memory what you've just read, to pull it out of memory, to put aside the material and say, here are the three main points, and here's how they relate to what I already know. That retrieval from memory is what actually builds the traces that enables you to find that memory again later, and that is what makes it stick. So when it comes to the the history student, you need to go through that material, and you need to give yourself some quizzes along the way. Self-quizzing Uh, is a form of retrieval practice. If it's a matter of dates, you might make some flashcards. Even better is to try to connect the dates to some kind of a story that makes sense and, and takes away the arbitrary nature of that information. Second idea is to space that out because practice of anything that's spaced out is far more effective than doing something over and over and over again. Wait a while, space it out, let some time elapse so you get a little bit rusty. And that added effort to recall and reestablish that learning uh, strengthens the learning and, and connects it much more strongly to other things that you've learned since. You know, it is true. I, I was just thinking, um, I think we've probably all had that experience of waking up in the middle of the night with a brainstorm about something we had, a, a thorny problem we had been trying to solve the day before. And there's something about having a little distance from from a question or a problem that seems to really lead the brain in useful directions. It Yeah. Uh, once you've started that, the brain starts knitting at it. And you might be driving a car, you know, uh, down a country road, or you might be waking up in the night, the brain is still knitting at it. And that's when you get the ideas, uh, oh, I want to say it this way, or here's a way I can improve it. Here's something it relates to. But you've got to get a start on it. Another important uh, finding in the research into effective study and uh, strategies and ways to uh, strengthen memory is that you uh, learn something better If you switch between topics, 
So instead of practicing one idea or one topic or one example over and over, uh, mix it up with others. And that gives you the benefits of spacing, but it also improves your ability to discern later what kind of a problem you're facing and pick the right solution to it. So mixed practice instead of blocked practice. Let me give you an example. Uh, in one study, students were learning uh, how to solve the volume of different geometric solids. Typically, in a math textbook, you would solve the solid for 15 different examples of spheres, 15 different wedges, 15 different cones. I've, I've spoken with teachers who called uh, big blocks of the same kind of question. Uh, they called it drill and kill. Yeah, <laughs> kill. Yeah, exactly. The way uh, that the science suggests you should do this is to learn the formula for a wedge and a spheroid and a cone, and then practice 45 examples in random order. So that each time one comes, you have to recall what was the correct formula for this and apply it. So this notion of uh, interleaving or mixing up the practice strengthens your ability to discriminate between different kinds of problems and select the right solution for the problem that you're facing. I mean, it's true if you're trying to improve hitting baseball pitches, you, you need to swing at random pitches and practice random pitches. It's true if you're trying to learn uh, the, the artworks of different painters, study them in a random order. Uh, learning bird species, these are actual uh, tests that the scientists have run. And people who've been in these tests will continue to insist that they learn them better when they get, you know, 15 examples of an Oriole before they do another kind of bird. Uh, or 15 Matisses before they study another painter. But in the testing, in fact, they don't do as well as when they have them in random order. That was maybe the thing I was most struck by in your book was um, you give this example from the lab of Robert Bjork at UCLA um, who who does these studies about interleaving to learn artwork, to learn artists. And um, the fact that people insisted over and over again that they were learning better when they studied in blocks – despite the fact that that was totally untrue. And even when presented with their test scores, they uh, they thought that blocked learning was better. Right. How is it that our intuition uh, isn't helping us? And that's a great example. Our judgments of what we know and don't know are not always accurate. You know, there was a, an example you used in the book that I just loved of uh, something called the penny memory test. <laughs> yes. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, this is, this is a test where... Uh, so if you go online and look at study advice at different colleges and universities, highly regarded places, you'll see often they say, uh, you know, uh, look at something over and over again to burn it into memory. And uh, it actually is not good advice because you can't really burn something into memory just by looking at it over and over. And to make the point, uh, they do a little – they give you an image of a, of a Lincoln penny and there may be – I don't know, 15 different images of the penny. And they, some have the date in one place and some have it, the mint mark in one place. And sometimes Lincoln's looking right or he's looking left. And you have to pick out the, which image is the actual correct image of a penny. And I'm telling you, it's not easy to do. That's the point. As many times as you've seen a penny, you haven't burned that image into memory. I've taken, <laughs> I've taken that test probably 20 times, and I swear to God, I cannot, yeah. I cannot remember. Even now, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to picture the face of a penny, yeah. and I couldn't tell you which way Lincoln is facing. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, 
So, I mean, that's, that's a very simple point, but it's a powerful point. So that notion that you think you can burn something into memory through mere exposure is pretty quickly uh, dispelled when you have a test like that. Um, let me just ask you, when you and I have been talking about learning and memory almost interchangeably, are they the same thing or is, is learning different than memory in some way? Well, that's a great question. Uh, learning requires memory. Memory isn't necessarily learning, but learning requires memory. A study uh, as far back as the 1800s by a guy named Herman Ebbinghaus showed that we as humans forget in a matter of hours 70% of something new that we're exposed to. And the last 30% falls away more gradually, but it falls away. We are wired to forget, if you will. So if you want to have mastery of something and retain that, you need to find a way to stop the forgetting. So when we talk about learning, a big part of learning is how do you interrupt the forgetting or stop the forgetting and lock in what you've learned? You know, it's interesting because I feel like people tend to draw a really, uh, really black and white distinction between memorization and critical thinking. And it's sort of an either or, you know, either we teach our kids to memorize a bunch of facts or we teach them to think critically. And and most people want to come down on the side of critical thinking because we want our children to be critical thinkers. Um, but it seems like what you're saying and what I've heard from other people, um, critical thinking is not possible without a, a, a storehouse of facts that you've built up. Right. I mean, I mean, we love creativity. It's fun. Knowledge sounds like kind of a drag, but you got to have both. So the, the builder who's looking at a pile of lumber and, and uh, framework and an empty foundation to put up a house needs to understand the concepts of load-bearing qualities of different kinds of timbers and you know all the different uh, structural elements in order to build that house. It's not enough just to have the pieces of it. You need to understand how they go together. So learning and critical thinking is about how the different pieces and the different elements that you've accumulated work together in mental models and in conceptual forms. Uh, and that's, I think, what people are looking for. And you, and so, I mean, no one argues with that. That's exactly what we are all are trying to accomplish. But we can't get there without having all those pieces on the site to work with. You um you write in the book uh, something again that really struck me, which is that people talk a lot about making learning easy and making it fun, um, but maybe learning shouldn't be easy. <laughs> that maybe learning should be hard. Well, I think that the <laughs> yeah, that's not a very popular idea. I think that it's true that you need to engage the mind in order to learn. It need, you need to struggle with the material a little bit. In fact, uh, research, the research shows that if you ask students to solve a problem that you haven't taught them how to solve yet, and they struggle with it, and then they come into class and you teach them how to solve this problem, that they learn it much better and, re and they remember, remember it longer. So somehow, searching your brain for what's similar uh, tr guessing at what might work, trying some things, looking at the results, adjusting your efforts, those are highly effective learning strategies. And so it's true that the simpler and the easier that, that the learning is, the less likely it is to stick. 
That was Peter Brown, one of the authors of Make It Stick, The Science of Successful Learning. You can find a link to the book at our website, AmericanRadioWorks.org. While you're there, you'll find more podcasts about issues in K-12 education and higher ed, and you can browse the archive of more than 100 documentary projects, including our 2014 documentary, The Science of Smart. And we'd love to hear what this podcast made you think about, whether or not you'll share it with friends or colleagues, or if it changed your ideas about how to study. Let us know at AmericanRadioWorks.org. Click on the About page and scroll down to Share Your Impact Story. We are on Facebook at American.RadioWorks and on Twitter at AMRadioWorks. Support for American Radio Works comes from Lumina Foundation, the Spencer Foundation, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM.